previously on Starlight Outer Worlds. The crew of the Metal Ark has had a long night around Larsa City. As Elta and Kennard were sneaking back into town trying to avoid the police, they ran into an armed group trying to sneak out. One of their comrades was injured, and Elta was forced to transport him to safety on the other side of town. Kennard was held as collateral by the group and sustained damage when the situation deteriorated. Back at the hotel, Landon worried. After an attempted heart-to-heart -heart talk with Elta, neither of them felt any better. The sun is coming up, and Landon just got a surprise visit from Miles Kasner, an old friend and occasional rival. He comes bearing coffee and a proposition. it's a bit fortuitous to find you here. I'd like to make you a proposition. Mm. So you, he sits down and you sip your coffee a bit and uh, he actually starts with some other questions first. So it's been a while. I think it's been almost two years since I saw you and Angie at your parents' memorial service. Mm, must have missed you. Mm. Well, it's, it's a little odd. Yes, it well, your parents were much beloved. They contributed much to the station and to the, the communities there. But mm. uh, so there were a lot of people there yep. paying their respects. But old man, I'd say you were, it's more like you were avoiding us. Is he older than me? No. Okay. Just Probably similar in age. I'm pretty sure we're the same age. I just yeah. wanted to nail that down. Ugh. It's just kind of a weird, uh, weird time. I, you understand. My parents always liked you. It's a hard thing to wrap your head around for a bit. No need to apologize. I entirely understand. Um, Angie, have you seen her around? I hmm. do miss her. Hmm. Nope, not. Uh, prob well, um, would I even tell him the truth? Uh, Thad, can I read a person here? Yeah, sure. I don't know that he thinks this is charged, but it is charged to Landon. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. This It's kind of fraught because you have a certain history with him. Uh, roll plus soul. All right, my soul is now plus zero because I took minus one soul before. Okay. So, Whew, that's an eight on the dice. Okay, great. On a, a seven to nine, you're going to ask one question. And you can hold that during the conversation and spring it on me when you want, but... Great. They must answer honestly. So I think at that question, I think Landon sort of stiffens for it a little bit. It's sort of a touchy subject. I think this whole time he's been staring into the middle distance, sort of on the bench next to Kasner, sipping the coffee. And I think this is the first time he turns and looks at him. He's trying to keep it cool and says, no, I haven't seen her. Have you heard from her? No, no, I haven't seen Angie since the service. Then what are you doing out here? Well, well, listen, Cray, I'm chasing down a bounty. It's brought me out to the margins here, I, but I can't seem to get a bead on this bastard. Mm. I, I, I need the old Landon Cray magic, <laughs> just, just to get me close. <sighs> listen, he's the bad man. He's a bioterrorist, an arms dealer of sorts. He's That's a long way to chase someone, way out here. I look up at the sky. 
the bounty is massive. Mm-hmm. This is the Shafir, the central authority that's sponsoring this. Kasner, you know I always bring my targets in alive. I don't need to involve you any, any more past than just getting close to him. Mm, so you can pull the trigger. You can stay out of it as much as you want, but I'll we'll seal the deal and it will ensure you get paid. I do not want your blood money, but there is something you could do for me. Hmm. There's a ship in system, the Tall Cotton. That and the McDaniel Strawn group. You're no slouch of finding things out, and you've got your connections and I've got mine. I want everything you have. So... What's the deal you're offering here? You'll help me, but you don't want money? Not for the work that you do. I don't expect you to understand. Are you you asking me to just do this for free? No. I am helping you find this person. Hmm. And rather than you paying me blood money for it, you're going to make sure that the tall cotton does not interfere with me in the way that I'm expecting you to interfere with this bioterrorist. Well... I can't say I entirely understand you, Cray, but I think we can reach some kind of arrangement. And then I think, hold-wise, I don't know. I don't know how much more you've planned to this conversation. So if I, if you have a little more to say, then I'll, I'll continue to hold my hold. So he digresses a bit and just starts kind of asking about the, you know, the planet, the sites, and uh, major figures, that kind of thing. What? Maybe this is a dumb question because he's asked me for help. But I feel like there's an ulterior motive here. So I'm curious, what is Miles Kasner really feeling? Yeah, you get the sense that he's, um, you know him a bit mm-hmm. because you have a, have a history back from working security back on the station mm-hmm. years ago. So yeah, you have a good read on him. And it's a little subtle, but there's a certain excitement in him mm-hmm. because he knows by getting your help, he has this confidence that he's going to be able to to get this guy. Mm-hmm. And he just likes a good job. Mm-hmm. He loves fixing problems that his corporate masters want him to. Yep. And so clearly he's been a little frustrated. He doesn't make a big show of it typically, but mm-hmm. he has been. And you have just given him a bit of excitement that he's going to be able to finish this. And he doesn't before, have to pay me. Before anyone else. Mm-hmm. And... That seems very reasonable to him. Yeah, yeah it's a good deal. Okay, thank you. I, I think so, I'll finish my coffee. Um, this sounds good. He may still be kind of making small talk, and I think yeah. I just cut through the prattle. Sure. All right, when do we start? Well, by the looks of you, man, I, I'm i not sure you should be starting anything right away. Are you saying you're not good enough a shot to keep me covered? <laughs> well, you didn't exactly get your sister's brains, but you've got more gumption than anyone I know. In response to that, I probably just roll my eyes. We've done this before. Yeah, you have. I say, we're not on planet for long. I can start tomorrow. Just try not to get in too many scrapes. Well, that's splendid. I'll leave you to rest up today, take care of other business, and I will join you tomorrow morning. And I'll go over the details. All right, sure. Take care, my friend. Thanks for the coffee. He just nods and uh, walks away, picks up his hat. Puts it back on. Oh, what kind of hat? It's equivalent of like a fedora, maybe. Okay. It's a little bit more like a modern with technical fabric. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. But roughly that shape. 
What a dork. Yeah, it, it, it's maybe a little out of place out here, yeah. He should get a fish hat like a real respectable <laughs> gentleman, clearly. Sure. All right. And crush the cup and toss it in a recycler. Great. Hmm. All right. And the sun is up and the rain has cleared and mm-hmm. uh, your day has started. Yep. Who do we think uh, gets up first? Well, at this point, it's probably between Elta and Chifchoff. Because you're shut down, Canard? Yeah. Can you power yourself up? Oh, there's probably some sort of like, if I'm shut down most of my systems, but if like something threatening is happening around me, right? Just like, you're really asleep, but you're not going to let, you know, your apartment burn down around you. Yeah, that makes sense. But for me, the next thing is probably like, well, I'm shut down, so like, my systems aren't getting worse and until Chifchoff's ready to... Well, that's right. You kind of got to wait for Chifchoff yeah. to work together on the repairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing Chifchoff gets up before I do. I think Elta naturally sleeps in a little bit. And oh, yeah. also, Chifchoff wasn't out riding bikes around and, I don't know, shooting at people and... Consorting with I terrorists. I didn't shoot anyone, did I? Mm-mm. I just drove a lot and then I drove into some people. Yeah. And pointed a gun at somebody. That's a good point. Yeah. Did not shoot Anyways, them. I had a big night, so I think yeah. Elta is um, sleeping in. Now, we don't know what Chifchoff's night was like yet, do we? I have no idea what Chifchoff's <laughs> night was like. Bonus, but... That's bonus content. We all become characters in Chifchoff's side adventure. I think that's a great point. I think that, yeah, you had a big night, Elta, so sleeping in for you totally makes sense. Okay, it sounds like Chifchoff is going to get up first here. Chifchoff crawls out of their the little bundle of a bed underneath the, uh, underneath the bed, a nest of sorts, and pretty soon has powered you on. How are you feeling, Canard? I've been better. I've also been worse, but <laughs> I think we should get to it. So there's a lot going on. Ship, you, and, and the repairs in the hull. Um, why don't we just head off to the ship? That sounds good. Got a full set of tools. It should make things easier. And anything else you want to do, Canard, before you take a cab out to the shipyards? No, I don't think so. Whatever research I plan to do, I can do from the shipyards. So Chifchoff probably putters around a little bit, gets ready, and down on the street, the area that you're in, is it, it's kind of bounced back a bit. The curfew has been lifted. And yeah, you there's some notifications that there are still some sort of traffic lockdowns. So uh, you're around the area some blocks away where the explosion happened, mm-hmm. but... People are kind of getting back into business, doing their thing, it seems like. A news report that Chifchoff is reviewing as you ride in the cab out of town. There was an explosion in downtown Larsa City late last night, destroying much of a three-story mixed-use building. Incident response teams have been investigating. At least six people were taken to the hospital for light moderate injuries. No news yet of any deaths as the investigation continues. Various other reports and speculations and but that's kind of the gist for you interesting you get back to the ship the metal arc and skag has actually um already messaged you and is ready to start doing some maintenance and hull repair and instead canard has a huge hole in his body <laughs> my hull also needs repairs <laughs> so skag has pulled up in his little electric cart and it's got some tools and things and he's um he's ready to work on the ship but he does notice the hole that you have in your frame and your chest. Canard! Mm, looks like you got into a little too much fun last night. The uh, evenings here at Larsa are more stimulating than I expected. 
this. Now you're getting the hang of it. I, I, I like this new and improved canard. So they, you, you can, the three of you confer, and then Chifchuff's going to work a little bit on you as Skag gets going on um, assessing the damages. So you're in the some engineering area inside the ship where Chifchuff has all of their tools. Yeah, in my head, the cargo bay is right next to the engine room. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of have the back half of the cargo bay have... So like stuff that stuff. doesn't necessarily fit in the engine room, uh, but... That's nice. So, yeah, so you're in the Meadowlark, in the engine room, or maybe the back of the cargo room, and you, you tell me what you think, but I'm sort of imagining that as you get worked on, you, you know, like, you, you see a diagram of some machine, and there's this exploded view? Like, you can sort of unhook certain fasteners and so forth, and then just sort of, like, extend up and out slightly, just sort of revealing more of your innards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, no, what, what, what do you think? Probably, like, up, up on, like, a frame... Yes, I, li- I like that idea. I definitely feel that my outer shell is mm-hmm. more decorative. That's definitely been removed so that they can get into my interior and like other components are able to kind of be you know, removed and they're like hanging off on the, the side so that whatever they need to do to put pieces in and take pieces out and make repairs, it's a lot easier than trying to get way in there yeah, with I love a bunch it. of power tools. Yeah, and the, the visual of you spread out on this whole like harness or, or sort of general frame is really that's just a really fun mental image it definitely i think would feel like i'm hanging there somewhat dissected oh that's so cool yeah. let's see do you do you think you can do research just with your brain uh, because i think that you might have to be helping chif chuff to do these repairs because you're the one that has like this high knowledge of all your own schematics and stuff Yes. So I, I could even see my head is just like off mm-hmm. on, the, on the side, right? <laughs> but just a couple power leads and stuff back in so that I, I still have access to all my sensors so that I can give Chif Chaff tips and feedback as they're trying things out and seeing what's working and not. That sounds great. I'd like to ping Canard if I can. Are you at the ship? Yes, we are at the ship. Heading your way. How soon do you plan to arrive? Traffic. We'll see. I may still be indisposed when you get here, but check in. Okay. Just want to talk. No crazy schemes. That'd be a change. I'm not going to text back to that. <laughs> yeah, this is all just just the two of you. You're not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a chip chat. Yeah, I think this way. is a private comms channel because I'm, I'm trying not to wake Elta. Okay. So I'm going to say that uh, that proceeds just fine. These repairs would be fairly standard, so I don't want to like... I assume you're going to take the time with Chiff Chaff to just kind of do it right. You're not in a rush, so I'm just going to say you don't need to roll for it. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay. And Skag has come in after a little while to check in on you and says, You really did a number on that uh, hole there. Well, I don't think it was us directly, but uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. Oh, yeah. Um, I figured that one out. It's going to take a little longer to repair. To do it right, anyway. I mean, the source of the problem. How much longer? Another day or so? That doesn't seem unreasonable to me. I am curious, because Skag had previously worked on me to get me back operational. Oh, that's right. He might be interested to see me disassembled and possibly have questions about how have my innards changed since he last worked on them. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, so Skag, let's say, is uh, he hangs around for a while and is observing and commenting and asking questions as Chifchoff is doing things and he's getting his fingers and other little probes and things in there too just to see how 
like this particular system that got the bullet through it too. He has, has you know, it's a new thing that he's really curious about. So yeah, yeah, totally. They're, they're, yeah, birds of a feather in that way. So, well, don't take too long with him. Um, I need his help uh, on a few other things back at my place. Okay, well, that's enough for that. Um, <laughs> you're in, it looks like you're in excellent hands. Oh, yes. No worries. And he trudges outside and is going to continue to work on the hull. Landon, you mm. make the way to the shipyards and, if, and, and if, join up. If possible, we had our, there's some time before um, Chifshaf wakes up and... That's true. So I'm thinking maybe Landon tried to just kind of pass by the site of this terror attack. I know you mentioned some of the roads were blockaded. I figure if I spent some time just kind of working on that, that I might be able to just get a look at it. I'm not trying to, like, break in or anything. Yeah, sure. Easy enough to just go check it out. Mm -hmm. It's a walkable distance. So there, I think I said something like seven or eight blocks. Landon is just taking in the air. And, oh, we, we said it was about far enough that it would have been hard for him to walk around in the state that he was in. It would have been a, a tough walk. Oh, right. I think now that he's slept and he's feeling a little better and there's not time pressure, right? Like I don't think okay. he's gotten very far. I think he's basically gotten there and looked around and then taken a cab to see Kadard and he's just pacing himself. Okay. Yeah, so they've blocked off the traffic, the vehicular traffic, a little bit farther out, a couple blocks mm. out, but pedestrians can get quite close. And they basically shut off a corner of this one block, which is mainly one building. And this three-story building, you can see part of it has collapsed. So like one corner of it, maybe a third of the building mm. has collapsed. And you also see signs of an explosion that has emanated into adjacent buildings. There is, uh, you know, the equivalent of police tape hung up, uh, mm. keeping people away. And there are some personnel there, some police, some drones hovering over. Just observational ones, it looks like. Okay. I'd like to maybe open my implants gently a little bit more, like think about that, and just see if there's anything I can pick up that maybe is not as obvious to the casual observer. So it sounds like you want to assess? Yeah. Well, when you attempt to discern more about an interesting situation or item, roll plus logic. All right, plus zero logic. That's a seven. I'm wearing through these rolls so I can fail later. On a seven to nine, ask one question. What happened recently? What can I use to my advantage? Who or what's in control? What's hidden or false? The answer to these might be the same, but I think I'm kind of going for what can I use to my advantage. What can you use to your advantage to continue your investigation deeper? I know I can't deal with this right now, but I can file it away and maybe it comes up later. So Landon, as you sort of walk along the periphery outside the tape and just get a sense of the the space and the damage that was incurred, you get this sense that this would not be a good place for a terrorist to make some kind of attack. Mm. There's a commercial building on the lower floor mm. that was closed, and then there is some residential areas in the second and third floor. So this explosion, this damage, seems to have occurred on the ground floor, mm. somewhere in this commercial space mm -hmm. that was closed. It also feels to you, it's not like 
you know, a, a gas line. They, they still use gas lines, but it's not sure. like that. It's not um, an accident. Yeah, it's not an accident. Something kind of some like military ordinance. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that rigidity, that sort of structure. It, it's mm-hmm. you just yeah. That's the you can almost like feel like these uh, images in your head of these different shapes and mm-hmm. um, of blast cones and radiuses and sure. things like that that just kind of flash through your head. Yeah, I um, think it feels like heat from the sun, sort of <laughs> along his body in that that direction um but you are also you know struck by this um, this this there's this other idea that just sort of reinforces the notion that the people that they ran into last night Mm -hmm. definitely were here that's good to know something to ask canard about and i think i am this is the point where we connect the timelines and i ping canard on my comms gotcha and then yeah hail an auto cap and set off Hey everybody, this is Thad, uh, your friendly game master, and today I've got everyone. Hey. Hello. Hey, Josephine. Hey, Molly. Hey, Jeff. So uh, we are super excited because we have just reached our 10th episode. Hey. Hey. Round numbers. <laughs> I cool. can't believe it. <gasps> well, yeah, right? So uh, we're, we didn't know what this would be like, but we're having such a good time making the podcast, telling these stories building these worlds and these characters. So thank you so much for uh, being on this journey with us. If you want to look us up on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Starlight Outer Worlds to see what we're up to, keep informed on new episodes, and maybe even see some cat pictures. As you may have gathered by now, we're playing a game called Starlight of our own design. And you can check it out on DriveThruRPG or itch.io. That's Starlight, a quick start guide. And it's our very own tabletop RPG. Yeah, and we've got those links also in the show notes. Oh, yeah, we do that now. It's yeah. pretty great. Just a reminder that we release new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. So look for episode 11 to hit on March 12th. Thanks, everyone. Especially 10 episodes in, we just want to say that we're Really appreciative to have you listening and on this ride with us. And we've got a lot more story to tell. Thanks again, everybody. I wake up probably partway through a work shift for anyone else. I think probably everyone's gone. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd be heading to Canard probably by the time you're awake. Yeah, so I probably check in. I ask Canard, like, hey, are you back at the ship? Yes, I am. Uh, is Landon there? No, but I believe he's headed on his way. Oh, okay. I'm probably going to take a ride and clear my head a little bit. I'll see you guys later. Sounds good. Take care. Yeah, and I think Alta's probably going to get on the skimmer and weave her way out of town a little bit and just kind of drive to drive and see, you know, kind of the outskirts. I don't think like too far off the beaten path or anything, but just, I think mostly she's avoiding Glandon right now. She feels weird about where they left things uh, last night. It's also pretty out. You've got it's this, also like, pretty and I have steps. a new bike and I, I want to play with my new toy a little bit. 
Yeah, so I think I kind of head out of town. I was thinking this might be a reflect, like a time where I reflect, because I do I do have a decent amount of stress after my race, and yeah. I, just, I think that's why I accrued the stress. I may be a little yeah. stressed about my conversation the night before, too, but... That makes sense. So that's my general plan. Yeah, so you head out. Let's just describe the scene a little bit. Mm -hmm. You get out of town, and maybe you're headed in the direction that you headed out last night. There's a major highway, basically, that goes out of town, follows the coast a bit, and maybe in. But uh, it takes you past that truck stop. I think that's how I described it. Mm. And and further out into a sort of rural area where you start to see more and bigger fields, crops. The traffic is pretty light on the road there, but you're passing by more like larger vehicles. Typically, mm. it's cargo vehicles, you know, pretty huge and just yeah. rumbling by you. Yeah. yeah, I'm imagining these are kind of straightaways if I'm going through fields and stuff like that. And I'm probably, I have my goggles down, keep bugs out of my eyes, mostly. Well, goggles <laughs> instead of the helmet. Yeah, probably instead of the helmet now because I'm not racing. I'm not as worried about okay. a crash. And uh, going fast okay. is mostly what I'm doing, especially now that there's not as much traffic on the road. Great. So it's, um, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's getting quite hot, uh, actually, hot and humid. Mm. But you are behind the windshield of your skimmer on the open road, and the breeze is uh, flowing through your hair. And as you get lost in your thoughts, and it sounded like you were interested in doing a reflect when you're confronted with the effects of your actions and consider your priorities, you answer the following. Yeah. Okay. Did my hard choices prioritize something above my drive? I... Tell me what you're reflecting about. Yeah. So I'm... It's a little funny because where I got all my stress was during this race. But I think the things that character-wise i probably more stressed about is one, I just had this kind of whirlwind of a night that I wasn't expecting. So I think some of that is, was I being too reckless? I had this whole conversation with Landon about, you know, I should be telling him what I'm doing and like, I have people in my life that might worry about me. There's some terrorists now that know my name and that's maybe a little stressful. (laughs) And we just had this big fight. Well, it wasn't a big fight, but it We definitely left things in a place that didn't feel right. It's interesting because I think a lot of my hard choices were because I was prioritizing my drive. Um, Because I was trying to, like, running away from that ship, I think, is kind of obviously liberty in in the sense that I didn't want to get entangled with something. And Mm. I was trying to do something fun that felt free, which was going out on this race. And... I think I was really trying to fight to keep me and Canard free from further entanglement with these other groups. So I think, okay. I think I did prioritize my drive in most of kind of that, the difficult situations I've fair. been in. It's sure. a no. Yeah, so I think that's a okay. no. Does someone I respect think less of me now? Mm. Do you think less of me now? Well, do <laughs> do you respect res- me? Do you respect <laughs> Landon? <sighs> I think I do respect Landon, and I think... I'm happy to answer that. If yeah. It's, I, I kind of envisioned that 
being something that you would ask the GM yeah. rather than you deciding for yourself. Yeah, I think for me, the line I think of was when you were like, you're not my sister. Mm. I I don't think that we were family yet, but I think for me that feels like a step back, that we were starting to be closer as a crew, and that's really you setting a boundary and saying, hey, we're not family Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's not a loss of respect, but it's a loss of closeness. I will say, yeah, Landon does not think less of you. Mm. I think that's a boundary he drew for himself. Yeah, and I think you know it's something he's still processing. Mm-hmm. But I think he respects your standing up and saying, "Hey, you were controlling me." That's true. And and in terms of respect, I think it was me pushing for respect of like, "Hey, I'm not a kid." Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's sort of an interpretation of the question. Well, it's someone you respect who, yeah. who thinks less of you mm-hmm. in some way. In the end, because you're reflecting, mm-hmm. it's how you feel about it yeah. mm-hmm. more, more than how Landon yeah. feels no, about it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel like Landon isn't respecting me right now. So no on the second question. So no I, I'll on go along with that. that. Yeah. But the third one, do I wish things had gone differently? Sounds like you think yes. Yeah, I I don't Mm. like where we left things, and I feel like we were trying to connect, and that just didn't happen. We, Mm -hmm. I think the move says you didn't see eye to eye, and I think that's really what it felt like, of just neither of us were able to communicate what we were feeling Mm -hmm. in a way that it felt like the other person understood what we were saying. Yeah, that sounds good. So one yes question means roll plus soul and take a minus one for each yes. And I have plus one soul. So I'm rolling flat, I guess, with my minus one. Okay, that's a four on the dice. On a six or less, you're having a crisis of faith. Reflect on a time you made the wrong decision. Suffer one stress and pick one. So first, mark off an experience point. Mm -hmm. We're just so dysfunctional. It's great. I'm getting close to leveling, though. (laughs) (laughs) Just through angst alone. (laughs) Yeah. So reflect on a time you made the wrong decision. Yeah. What's some uh, memory or decision you made? Hmm. I mean, I think this has got me thinking about family. Mm. And I'm thinking about becoming estranged from my parents. And um, how a lot of that was me feeling like I'm trying to claim my independence and there's sort of some echoes of that in what's been going on with Landon and and me feeling really betrayed by them, which I don't think is what is happening with Landon, but just feeling like, is this somebody I can trust is getting close to this, my new crew and these people like just going to set me up to be hurt again. And so my crisis of faith is like, what what am I doing with these people? What is like I'm I'm trying to be myself and if I'm like now connected to all of these people, are they just hemming me in and keeping me from being free? Does having connections with other people also just serve as things that tie you down? So the what's the aspect that's the wrong decision? Yeah. Getting too close? Or a wrong decision with your parents? I think yeah, I kind of because when I found out that my parents turned me 
into Zenith, basically, um, when they when they let them know where I was hiding out. I, like, called them to confront them about it. I think I was talking to my dad specifically at the time, and he was saying, like, you know, you can't go out and, like, your actions affect the people around you, and you've got to face consequences sometimes. And so I think that's sort of the the memory and that I'm really flashing back to a little bit. And I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the decision. I guess it's sort of... I don't know if Elta's self-aware enough, but sort of the decision I'm regretting is, you know, going and not thinking about other people and this recklessness. Mm. But also, I don't think I'm admitting that to myself. I'm I'm still just kind of at the stage of, like, everyone else in my life is just trying to control me. Um, and so I think that's mentally where I'm at. But in terms of decisions I regret, I think that's what it would come down to is, like, not thinking about my actions and having consequences. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, suffer one stress Mm -hmm. and pick one. Take reckless or dangerous action to reaffirm your identity, draw a new line to avoid repeating past mistakes, or shift your soul stat down by one. Sounds like you're pretty ready for reckless and dangerous. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what I'm thinking. And I am riding a motorbike really fast. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, hmm. <laughs> Should I put some boundaries in my life? Yeah, I think sort of as I'm going and I'm all of this stuff is running through my head and I'm just kind of getting worked up and angry about it. I just am like focused on getting away and I'm tired of like, because there's a lot of farmland around me, but you've also mentioned that there's, like, thicker forest. Mm-hmm. Kind of as the elevation gets a little higher, there's these mm-hmm. interesting different levels almost yeah. in, so in, I in think, the terrain. I think I start turning off more major roads and heading, like, deeper into the forest and on these more and more minor little tracks. And I'm, like, starting to go off-road and just, like, get away from everyone. And, like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to see Aww. other vehicles passing by or stuff like that and i'm just like kind of heading into the forest to see how far you can get how fast you can go what you can find or just to yeah. sort yeah of... i think i'm looking for really difficult terrain driving that is hard enough that i can only think about the road trying to drown out all of these other thoughts and just focus pushing myself in terms of speed and just like a more technical winding, challenging road. So, okay, that's, that's great. <laughs> and you you find yourself sort of hitting some switchbacks and then getting higher up and getting to these higher levels. And the trees and vines and just sort of jungly foliage is just getting thicker and thicker and just ar- arching over the roadway. And all of a sudden, as you round a slight bend, there's a huge truck, basically a logging truck, bringing back these huge logs from further up, and it is right in your way. It's a roll to face danger. Okay, that's a 12. And uh, so you do it no problem. Describe this as this big vehicle comes barreling towards you, and all of a sudden this alarm blares in front of it. I'm remembering I didn't wear my helmet as you mentioned this. <laughs> Lucky you. That sounds reckless and dangerous. Yeah, I basically, if this is a fairly large vehicle, I'm giving it a lot of clearance in my head. 
The reason that the foliage is the size it is, is it's exactly the size of this truck. It's because as it goes through, it just kind of whacks the, mm-hmm. whacks the trees and the leaves. So extreme little clearance. Yeah. So I'm imagining I kind of, yeah, I flip it on its side basically and slide under the vehicle because um, I don't think I can turn in time. I just have enough to like throw my you just, weight. You, yeah, I, I love it. So you just you kill the grav and you just, just skim, just skim, hit, skid, hit, hit the ground and skid. Just <laughs> as you um, you keep it flat and not tumbling as you slide underneath. And on the other side that you come out, you you've got this. Your body is like covered with mud. Yeah. And your skimmer is covered with mud, but you. Reach your hand up, up to one of the handlebars, kind of reactivate the grav, and it just rights itself and pulls you back up into the seat. I'm just imagining like half of my body covered in mud. The goggle is obscured. And like half of my, yeah, one goggle is totally plastered in mud, and I'm just like... Alive. Breathing really hard, but yeah, feeling... Yeah. And as you look out around you, you are just surrounded by the forest and the sounds and the uh, blurring of the, the truck's engine and the screech as it comes to a stop. But you're alive and, and very much safe. So we'll leave Elta there for a moment to reflect and find her way back. So let's cut to uh, Landon. Uh, you wanted to talk to Kennard. I think yeah. Skag has already left. And I would like to pull up. I never really took in the scale of the damage coming in. So I think I, I get out of my auto cab and I'm sort of walking past towards the meadow arc. And I, I probably see Skag up there hanging on a harness or something, patching these big claw like scars on the side of the ship and i sort of shudder and shake my head yeah i, I don't give skag a close look or anything he's probably from the back silhouetted it's like yeah, yeah contrast. That's, right. that's right because you're the one that uh took him in that took him in but that's i right. i feel like this isn't a time where i'd spot him i'm preoccupied so i i will say my clothes are the same clothes that i almost got beaten to death in so they're not like yeah, it's hard to blend a you little bit. You probably still have some blood stains and Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And some of it is mine. Fair enough. But I will head into the hangar after okay. taking that in. Yeah, I don't know if you have hangar space. You mean in, inside the ship? Uh, cargo bay. Sorry, yeah. not the hangar. I'm yes. With you. I'm with you. And you see an interesting sight because Canard is expanded. Never seen it. It's the terrifying. Shells, <laughs> the top shell has been removed and the head is sitting on the side on a shelf. And you see the eyes on Kennard's head on the shelf turn over to you as you come in. I start a little bit. I'm not stupid enough to be like, oh no, Chifchaff, you've killed Kennard. <laughs> but it is still weird yeah. to see that. And especially see you moving your eyes around. Like in my head, you're unconscious. So the idea that you're not is... um, It's a stark reminder that I'm a construct, not biological. Yes, and that you have different limitations. I guess I'll throw out a wave. Hey, hey y'all. Landon! You made it! Yeah, took took my time and needed some extra clothes. Uh, thank you. I look uncertainly at Kennard for the go bag. 
it was good. I did not expect to need more um, cleaner clothes. So that's a nasty hole you got. Mm, yes. But I mean, you're matching the hull at least, right? Chif Chav, that thing's uh, pretty sure we had a run in with one of the void beasts or something. <laughs> that's right. The legend of the void beast. Yeah, I, I figure you don't believe that sort of thing, Chif Chaff, but I don't know. You, you've heard the old stories just like me, so. Chif Chaff yeah. shrugs and turns back to work. Not the superstitious type. So, Kennard, uh, you, you're like, all right, you could talk and stuff. You're not. Yes. I don't want to distract you. No, it's it's fine. Um. Well, I wanted to talk about that bulletin you sent out about the tall cotton. Ah, uh, yes. What do you wish to know? Well, I kind of, so I had a run in with a guy that I know. I was sort of kind of in my line of work. And um, do you still have that jammer picked yes, up? Yes, I do. How do you feel about turning that on for a little bit? I'm disconnected from it right now, but I can relay instructions to Chif Chaff. Let's do that before we keep talking. And you're talking about the jammer device that you, you took from the... From the bar. And, from the uh, other bounty hunter, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I, I let Chif Chaff... They will have to go and get it from my quarters. Yeah, it's no problem. So are you trying to jam communications to have a safe conversation? I have worked with Kasner before, and this is just kind of a precaution. He doesn't seem to be super well-informed about who I'm traveling with. I wouldn't put it past him to try and bug me somehow. So it turns on, there's a little bit of a whine, and then, you know. Fuzz, okay. Yeah, so the tall cotton. So I met... uh, it's a guy, Miles Kasner, does work for the corpse, has some blood on his hands, reached out, wanted a favor. I, in return, was able to push him to keep an eye on the tall cotton, give us any information related to the sort of shell corp. He, he has some pull with these sorts of records. Do you know anything else? Maybe it wasn't in the report? I had planned to do some additional research of my own. So it will be very useful to get whatever data this gentleman can acquire. I'm also hoping if that ship comes planet side, we may be able to get him to run some interference for us, if it comes to that. I'm hoping that we will be gone before they get down here, but we cannot tarry too long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Elta keeps tearing around like she seems to be doing, could be here quite a while. I'm not going to get very far if our pilot gets shot, or worse. No. Just, is, there, is there something you need to tell me about Elta? She's still back at the hotel, right? As far as I know, but who knows with that kid? You know how she is. She should go off and do... She's very, uh, not temperamental, but uh, not whimsical. What's the word? Just Erratic? Kidding. Sure. <laughs> Erratic's a good one. When we are done here, I will see if I can find her comm signal. I just... I don't know. I don't want her to get hurt, but then she goes off and does her own thing, and... I mean, look at you. You got hit with a high-caliber round. You could have, like, I don't know if died is the thing, but I just... I wish she'd tell me when she did stuff like this. It is inconvenient, but I assure you, Elta was not at fault. <sighs> why didn't she tell me, though? I had, maybe you get her, Kennard. I don't I don't understand why nobody, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to find you guys. We are able to take care of ourselves. Yeah, sure, I know. I, I figure you can, but it's just a kid, barely. And she could, look, she can fly like no one's business, but I just, if something happened to her, I would feel responsible for that. So you're getting pretty uh, uh, pretty deep here. Are you, it sounds like you're trying to connect. 
You're sharing yeah. uh, when you share your burden with a crewmate? I think that's true. Where my burden is Elta. Um, well, your concerns. Yes. Yeah, sure. uh-huh. So we'll ask three questions and we'll come to the answers together. Did your hard choices prioritize their drive? I feel like that almost can't trigger. I mean, you have a directive, so maybe we could play it with directive. So do we each answer these questions and connect or? Mm. I would be, I would technically be posing you these questions and we'd be figuring them out together. So the question is, did my hard choices prioritize your drive? Mm. So if in this case that's suppressed competitors, the answer kind of feels like yes to me because we shut out that other bounty hunter and we deleted that drive accidentally and you really suppressed those competitors at the uh um, station or at the office yeah i suppressed the heck out of those guys (laughs) i don't know if you think that counts was it above and beyond anything you would normally do in just your line of work hmm i think the drive i think breaking that trying to splice into that data drive Hmm. was outside of my line of work and i think like that's, I think Landon was, that was out of character for Landon a little bit. Like he likes to know secrets, but I think that that's something he was able to do because Kennard was yeah. there. Right. So you see Kennard's head there on mm-hmm. the side when you say this. And normally Kennard's eyes illuminate these grids of these LED lights. They're illuminated in a way that resembles like human eyes, mm-hmm. right? So you, you can see like various emotional cues. You say this and all of a sudden the eyes, the LEDs start like, lighting up in these very rhythmic patterns that you've never seen before. And then it suddenly resolves. And Kennard has always seen Landon as effectively pursuing what Landon sees his directive. But when Kennard hears Landon express this concern for Elta, that doesn't quite match up with pursuing like a bounty. Mm-hmm. per se it triggers an association where canard realizes that it has also seen elta as not just part of its current crew something more that canard has been experiencing that he can't quite reconcile with his directive so this like we're trying to translate this drive to to directive mm-hmm. that like what you say really resonates with Canard discovering something new beyond his mm. directive of what his drive could yeah. be yeah. that's really interesting yeah. well then that feels like a yes yeah i think you've justified it so one yes okay have you and then the second one have you shown them a new side of yourself that seems like a yes based on this interaction just now yeah you landon have shown a new side of yourself yes i'd never never really recognized this before great and do you share an established bond with them? No, we do not. Not so, at this point, yeah. So now you're going to roll plus soul and plus one for each yes. Okay, so that's a... I roll, I, you don't need to... Oh, okay, okay. What you get out of this is tied to my outcome. Okay, good, good. Uh, but I get a plus two with my plus zero soul, so fingers crossed. Oh, that is such a relief. <laughs> that is ten plus two for twelve. That's great. It is about time. On a ten plus... <laughs> You work through it together. Share a vulnerability or secret. Okay. You may then establish a shared bond or replace an existing bond. Otherwise, each of you choose relieve your stress or shift your soul stat up by one. 
So when the lights finish processing, Kennard says, I also do not want to see harm come to Elta, although I cannot properly explain why. Hmm. There are some things that you don't need to know why, Kennard. You just know them. Sort of how I operate. How many things? This is the first for me. Well, at the risk of uh, sounding repetitive, you'll know it when you know it. You can't really put a number on some things. It's kind of like that. This will require a lot of thought. So you shared a vulnerability or secret. I think we both sort of have shared a vulnerability yeah. here. I think me that, that works. caring about Elta, I kind of did it before the role, yeah. I think, but makes sense. So what's the otherwise? You, so you can do things with bonds if we or do this thing? If we both agree to establish a bond, yeah. we do that. Okay. If we don't both agree, then we can pick from the following other things. Yeah. yeah. I'll let you know I'm, I'm open to the bond, mm-hmm. but you need to decide where you want to take this. I think that Landon gives you this advice. And I think you can kind of see the stress melt off of him a little bit. Basically, somebody needing his help, I think, has forced him to kind of get his act together, which has helped him get rid of this and relieve some of this. And you're not the only one who has to worry about me. That's true. That's a good point. But I think that he hasn't processed the full significance of this revelation for you and understood sort of that he's kind of lucky to be witnessing this or experiencing this. Chifshop's in the room too, right? Chifshop's going to be losing their mind at this, presumably. But I, I think this, the stress melts away, and Landon says, well, you can always talk to me about it if it gets to be a bit too much. I go to, like, pat you on the shoulder or something, but you're machine <laughs> body is spread out, but I'm not going to pat you on, like, my hand kind of comes near your head, and like... There's a shoulder no. panel relatively close to you. You can pat it if you yeah, wish. I will pat the shoulder panel. Chifchoff comes over to you as you do that and kind of leans in to give you a hug around your midsection. And they say, I know it's not the same with Kennard, so I thought I'd help out. Thanks, Chifchoff. So Kennard, what option are you going to take? So I think this is a big revelation for Kennard, so I'm going to take an experience. Yeah, because you can't uh, increase your soul stat because you're a, a construct, so yes. you take an experience instead. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah. Great. Someday you may have a soul. Someday. Here's hoping. I think after that conversation, I Landon has what he needed out of that, but he will say to Kennard, so I'm meeting with Kasner tomorrow to help him track this person down. Should be fine on my own, but I thought I'd let you know that's where I'll be. Let's keep an open comm signal tomorrow. I like that plan. Sure. And then I go replenish my go bag. I think I'll swap fish hats. This one probably has like, ooh, a swordfish. That's fun. And then I'll go to leave and head back to uh, basically the hotel where the rest of my medical supplies are and go have a lie down. On the way out, you're passing out of the hatch as Skag is coming back in. <laughs> and there's sort of an awkward moment. He's all excited as he comes in because he seems to want to tell them something, but mm-hmm. then he um, sees you and... I think now that I'm not now that I'm not as preoccupied, I think it's starting to click for me. Have we met? Uh, uh, Pretty sure we met. Yes. Oh, yes, I think we've met. I was with some other people. Maybe you just f- f- forgotten me as, uh, you know, we look alike and... 
hey baby well i look i hope i treated you well no hard feelings and i clap him on the shoulder and i walk past him <laughs> he's seems like he's about in the middle of the say something but he just gives up and watches you i'm in away. such a good mood that i'm not gonna worry about that right now skag shakes his head and he goes inside the through the cargo bay to the work area and says okay i think i've got a really good start on it um Jufchoff, uh, I'll need you to maybe uh, have a good look over it and see if it's meeting your expectations. And I've got some more time tomorrow, but I'm off today. And, and don't forget, my good friend here will be ready tomorrow, yes? Canard will be, can come mm, over to my shop and help advise me on a few things. Chief Joff, how are things coming along? Well, this took a little longer than expected, because having to figure out this new system that's highly technical that I've never worked on before. It's the maddest we've seen Chifchoff. But, you know, it's just, it'll take as long as it takes. I appreciate your efforts here, Chifchoff. If you can just get me operational enough so I can go and assist Skag with this project, we can finish up the finer points later. Sounds like a plan. Cut to Elta. How are you feeling after that harrowing Escape. And what do you do next? Yeah, I'm kind of just standing there. Or not stand, sitting there, now that my skimmer's upright. Just kind of panting for a minute. And then I I just sort of let out this, like, shaky laugh of, like, realizing, oh, I almost just died there. <laughs> um, and just like, okay. That was fun, but I, uh, I think... It's probably time for me to start winding my way back to the ship, and I now really need a shower. <laughs> um, so does your bike. Yes, yeah, sure, I need to wash my bike off. And it probably needs an orange stripe. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think I start kind of turning around, heading back towards town, and... Uh, yeah, maybe I do go through like a sort of like a car wash. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. On a motorcycle. There's a, there's a truck stop on the way back. That's true. There is a truck stop. There, yeah, you can find a hose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go by, ask if I can use their hose and give them like a nominal amount of cash. Well, it's, it's no problem. There's all kinds of facilities there. Okay, cool. Multiple people working there and a few few different businesses. Yeah, so I, I wash off my skimmer, and I also kind of <laughs> spray myself off a little bit to just get the caked on mud off. I don't think I paint my bike right now. <laughs> I think I just go back to the metal arc. Probably have the paint on the ship, right? Probably. I have painted orange on other things I own. That's a good reminder as you leave that truck stop, your your mind goes to last night's events, and you wonder where the guy those severely wounded ended up that you dropped off there. Mm-hmm. Did you, you made your way back to the metal lark now? Yeah. You get back to the ship, and Canard is being reassembled. Chifchoff mm-hmm. is putting some pieces together. Canard's arms are sort of putting some of his own pieces together oh. in this awkward way. <laughs> and Chifchoff gets a little distracted, still have a few pieces to click back into place and secure. But Chifchoff just takes the comm unit and goes to the other end of the, uh, the cargo area to get some privacy or go away from the two of you. Uh, yeah, Elta 
and Canard, you're there. You've got the big skimmer, like, in the oh, cargo yeah, hold, right? right. I, yeah. Do you I, want to bring it inside? I want to bring it inside the cargo hold and park it. No, it's great. You know right where it's going to go. You've been, mm-hmm. you've, you already knew in your mind where it was going to fit. And the jammer, is the jammer off? Did that get removed? Or did Once we were done off? with our... Yeah, I don't know that I would have remembered to turn it off, but it, I'm sure Canard would have. Okay. Well, Shiftroff has come back and turned on the, the display units in the, in the back of the workshop. It's a message from the governor of Larsa, Marco Pennington. I guess things must have been more serious than I thought last night. And this is someone that you recognize, so the, the, the face is, is familiar. And coming up on, on the screen now is this middle-aged human in a dark business suit. He's got kind of this angular face with uh, some wrinkles as he enters his senior years. And he's got this close-cropped hair, a little military. His suit coat has an emblem sewn on it, uh, which is the symbol of Larsa. What's the symbol? I think it should have the arches on it. Oh, it definitely needs and to have like the arches. Some fields or something yeah. under it. So I like that. The little emblem, the symbol, has maybe three overlapping arches, and then these stylized stalks of wheat. Nice. Friends, Larsons, compatriots, I have news to share about the tragic events of last night. First, let me thank you. Curfew orders are always a last resort. On behalf of our peace officers, we extend our appreciation and remind you that it is that kind of cooperation that helps them do their jobs and keep our precious city safe. Investigators currently believe that a local terrorist group had planted explosive devices, planning to detonate them later. But these devices accidentally discharged early, and by the grace of heaven, many lives were spared. By our count, 11 citizens were injured, none of them seriously, with only a few requiring hospitalization. I am heartened by the resilience of my fellow neighbors in these trying times. I want to reassure you that these terrorists will never win, and that day by day, year by year, we are all marching toward a paradise on this world that is within our grasp. May our ancestors bless us and let us march into that paradise together. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, f- 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 fake applause over the background <laughs> of everything. <laughs> so the two of you, Elta, Canard, or maybe just pondering that, Chifchoff comes back over to you uh, with their comm unit in, in hand. Um almost shaking a little bit, a little quivering, and says, He's wrong. There's at least one person that's dead. Two seasons in, we find out Chif Chaff is the Perry the Platypus. Of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chif Chaff's had this other this other crew the whole time has been solving all these way more important problems <laughs> than our piddling along little thing. Uh, 